And um, last week, Ben brought a message about Jesus being the cornerstone, and that's really where it all starts. It's got to start with Jesus at the cornerstone. That has to be the foundation for our lives and for our community, for our churches, our life, our everything, our ministries. Jesus has to be the cornerstone. If you weren't there, I want to encourage you to listen to it online. I just want to read again from um, 1 Corinthians 3, verse 10 and 11. And it says, God has given me unique gifts as a skilled master builder who, has, who lays a good foundation. And afterwards, another craftsman comes and builds on it. So builders beware that every builder do his work carefully according to God's standards. For no one is empowered to lay an alternative foundation other than the good foundation that exists, which is Jesus Christ. There can be no other foundation in our Christian journey, in our Christian life, than Jesus Christ. And um, if Jesus is the foundation on which we are to build on, then we need to understand who he is, what he's all about, what he wants to do in us and through us. Because he is not, he's not our Lord and Savior just for us to have a feel-good experience or for us to go about and just adding him on to our lives. He has to be our everything. And one of the aspects that Jesus is, is that he is king. I want to talk today about Jesus being king and him wanting to establish his kingdom in us and through us. Understanding Jesus the king and understanding the kingdom of God is very foundational and important, how we manifest him and what he wants us to do in us and through us. So I have a few questions. Are the church and the kingdom synonymous? Are they the same? Is the church in the kingdom or is the kingdom in the church? Is the kingdom past, present, or future? And during my talk, my message today, I will answer those questions because they can be sometimes a little bit confusing. Um, and it's really important that we have a clear understanding. So Jesus is king of his church. He's king of the, as, as um, Benzo wonderfully said last week, he's, he's king of the local, global, scattered, and gathered church. Okay, so he, his kingdom, his, the kingdom of God is his domain. So the word kingdom is made up of two words. King, domain. King's domain, kingdom. It's a territory or an area which a king rules and reigns, the king's domain. That's where he rules and reigns and what he says goes. God's kingdom is the rule and reign of God, whether in heaven or in earth. It is the purpose of God to extend that rule. So the Greek word, basilia, speaks of the sway, the rule, the administration of a king. Royal reign of the kingdom of God is seen. One cannot separate the king and the kingdom as far as God is concerned. So the word kingdom is mentioned 160 times in the New Testament. And Jesus, and we, we hear about that a little bit later, but Jesus said he was, um, he was saying the kingdom of God is at hand when he came. Okay. So how long has 
the kingdom of God been in existence? Well, the word of God says in Psalm 103.19 and in Daniel 4.3, the kingdom of God is an everlasting kingdom. It has no beginning and it has no end. It's an ever, it's an everlasting kingdom because, because God has no beginning and God has no end. That's why the kingdom has no beginning and has no end. The kingdom of God is sovereign, ruling over all other kingdoms. And this is probably one of the most important things that we need to take grasp of, that the kingdom of God is a sovereign kingdom. It's a kingdom above all other kingdoms. He's above the monarchy of the United Kingdom, the Commonwealth. It's above the kingdom of the Netherlands and Denmark. It's above the kingdom of darkness. God's kingdom is above all other kingdoms. It's sovereign. Sovereign in its rule. And the kingdom of God is all-inclusive. Remember, <clears throat> Jesus said everything has been put under his feet. He rules and reigns over everything. Angels, demons, the whole universe, the earth, us humans. It's an all-inclusive kingdom. None could exist or act without his sustaining power. None of this earth can exist. Not The universe cannot exist without his sustaining power. Because why? He created it. So he sustains it. So I just want to also say right from the start that there is no difference between the wording in, in the Gospels about the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God. It's just Matthew uses the kingdom of heaven, whereas Mark and Luke talk about it's the kingdom of God. And that had a cultural relevance in those times that Matthew said to the Jews it was the kingdom, the kingdom of heaven. Because the Jews, um, the Jews said that heaven is, is where God is. And so he just used the kingdom of heaven instead of the kingdom of God. So the kingdom of God is also a progressive kingdom. Progressive by revelation. And I want to go, I don't want to go into the details of it, but I just want to say that right from the beginning, even before God created the earth, there was a kingdom already established in heaven. Because that's why Satan wanted to attain to being on the top. He wanted to be, he said, I make my, I will be like God. And so there already was a kingdom established way back then. And when Satan fell because of pride and because of his arrogance and everything, he was cast out of that um, and, his, and his fallen angels, okay? Then there was all the kingdom of God in Eden because that's when God created Adam and Eve, he want, he's told him, have dominion. He wanted his rule and reign, his kingdom expressed through Adam and the human race, okay? And it goes on through the patriarchs, through the kings, through, through the Old Testament, um, you can see wherever, wherever God was acknowledged and where God was, was in covenant with people like Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, that was where God wanted to manifest his rule and his reign, his kingdom. So when Jesus came, Jesus came as the king, bringing the kingdom of God. But the people back then didn't see it because he didn't come as they were expecting it. They had a, they had a concept of kingdom, 
They had a concept of a king and a kingdom that Jesus didn't match. And so they missed to acknowledge him as the king bringing the kingdom of God. Jesus preached, he taught, he demonstrated the kingdom of God. He gave the laws of the kingdom in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. That The Sermon on the Mount, as we know it, is actually Jesus bringing the laws of the kingdom. This is how the kingdom manifests through us when we obey those things that he was, that he was teaching back then. The king was actually the personification of the kingdom in the earth. So Jesus preached the gospel of the kingdom. Jesus taught the kingdom was at hand. Jesus showed his ministry ushered in the next phase of the kingdom. Jesus told his disciples to preach the kingdom of God. Jesus taught his disciples to pray, thy kingdom come. And Jesus told some of his disciples that they would not die until they had seen the kingdom of God with power. You know, Jesus knew exactly what he was on about. He was the king who was bringing the rule and the reign of his kingdom to earth. Yet the Jews rejected their king and crucified him. The kingdom then was transferred over to the church. The kingdom was taken from the Jews and given to the New Testament church. And I want us to turn to Matthew 21 first. Matthew 21. I'll read from 42. It says, the stone that the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing, and it's wonderful to see. And this is Jesus saying, I tell you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a nation that will produce the proper fruit. Anyone who stumbles over that stone will be broken to pieces, and it will crush anyone it falls on. And if you turn over to 1 Peter, 1 Peter chapter 2, Starting from verse 5, and this is Peter bringing revelation from God, from the Holy Spirit, and he says, "You And you are living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple. What's more, you are his holy priests. Through the mediation of Jesus Christ, you offer spiritual sacrifices that please God. As the scriptures say, I am placing a cornerstone in Jerusalem chosen for great honor, and anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Yes, you who trust him recognize the honor God has given him. But for those who reject him, the stone that the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. And he is a stone that makes people stumble and the rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they do not obey God's word, and so they meet the fate that was planned for them. But you are not like that, for you are a chosen people. You are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's very own possession. And as a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. So here we see the transference of the kingdom that Jesus was bringing now to the New Testament church. So it's a church now. There's a church now that needs to take up the call and present and bring the kingdom of God wherever we are. So there is a relationship between the church and the kingdom. And it's evident with, um, of what Jesus was saying 
in Matthew, Matthew 16, yeah, 18 and 19, he says, I will build my church. But then he says, I will give you the keys to the kingdom. The church now becomes the instrument for the declaration and demonstration of the kingdom of God in the earth. The church is entrusted with the administration and authority of the kingdom in earth, symbolized by the keys of the kingdom given to it. We have to know what Jesus has given us. We have to know what authority and what power we have. We have dominion over all the other kingdoms. You know why? The kingdom of God is within us. That's why we have authority. That's why we are just like Jesus. We have authority over all other things, over all other kingdoms. Everything that goes on in our lives, we have authority because the kingdom of God is within us. And then Jesus said, it's the Father, Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. God doesn't want us to walk around defeated. God doesn't want us to walk around discouraged. God doesn't want us to walk around moping about everything that's going wrong. God wants us to be exercising our authority. He wants us to be strong. He wants us to be courageous. So the church and the kingdom are distinct, yet related. The kingdom is the universal reign of God over all creation and creatures and the universe of worlds, including in itself angels and men. The church is composed, composed of redeemed believers out of every kind of nation, tribe, and tongue. So God rules over everything. And the church becomes a part of that kingdom. So basically what it is, is the church is in the kingdom and the kingdom is in the church. That's how it works. That's how the kingdom works. The church is in the kingdom of God because it's under the rule and reign of God. But the kingdom is all in the church because we have a job to do. We have a job to do. We have to represent the king and his kingdom. The church becomes the instrument for the full demonstration of the king, kingdom and God's kingdom. God's rule and reign is to be established in the church. The kingdom of God is far more inclusive than the church. Okay, it's far more inclusive. And I'm passionate about the kingdom of God. This is, this is what I'm probably most passionate about. This is why I, I love when churches come together and pray together and worship together and, and fellowship together when you can meet with other Christians who are not part of your own community, but you actually extend it out because that is kingdom. See, our community here, we're not the kingdom of God. No, the kingdom of God is the local church on the Gold Coast. It's the global church in the world. It's us here gathered, and it's us going out wherever we are. That's all under the rule and reign of the kingdom. It was through the church that the kingdom of God was extended in the earth in the hearts of men. So I'm just going to read a couple of scriptures to you. You know, I, re- I said that before. Jesus Christ said he would build his church and give her the keys of the kingdom. Matthew 16, 18, 19. Repentance and faith are the doorway into the kingdom. Matthew 3, 2 and 4, 17 and 23. And Jesus says one must be born again from above by spiritual and heavenly birth to enter the kingdom. John 3, 1 to 5. 
The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Romans 14, 17. The kingdom of God is not of this world system. John 18, 36. We are to seek first the kingdom of God above all else. Matthew 6, 33. And the church taught and preached and demonstrated the power of the kingdom of God. We are now God's ambassadors. We are now God's representatives of his kingdom. An ambassador, I give you the definition, says, uh, the definition is an accredited diplomat sent by a state as its permanent representative in a foreign country. What are we? We are aliens in this world because we belong to a different world. We belong to a different kingdom. But we are not to isolate ourselves and hide away. No, we are to represent the king in this world. We are to represent Jesus in this world. You know, we are, we are it. Everybody that believes in Jesus Christ, God wants to bring his kingdom to your own lives first so that then you can bring it to wherever you go. Therefore, we have to know the king. We have to know Jesus. We have to know the king. Otherwise, we cannot represent him well if we don't know who he is. If you have a, if you have a twisted concept of who God is and who Jesus is, if you think, you know, that, you know, every time you make a mistake or you do something wrong, he's going to punish you and you live in fear. That's not, that is not knowing the heart of God for you. Because God loves you no matter whether you stuff it up or what you do. God loves you anyway. There is no fear in his love. There is no fear in love whatsoever. And this is why it is so important that we gotta get, we got to get it. Because there is a world out there who is waiting for people to be authentic, to be real, and to represent the Jesus and the God who loves the world. And so we, we ourselves need to know the king. We need to know his heart. We need to know what he values. We need to know what matters to him so that we can represent him right and extend and enforce the rule and the reign. It's all about that. It's not about us having a feel-good feeling. That comes, I mean, that is a given. I mean, I feel good all the time when I'm in the presence of the king. Okay, that is a given, but it's beyond me feeling good in his presence. It's about me going out and extending the kingdom wherever, wherever I am. So what matters to Jesus and what, what he, what he did and who he was on this earth is what he wants us to reflect and to represent. So we need to know him. What did he impart to his disciples? What did he give them when he left? He gave them authority. He gave them the same authority that he had to preach, to heal, to set the captives free, to heal the brokenhearted, to declare the goodness of God, to have compassion, to love one another. That's what he asked the disciples to do. And that is, this is how we extend his kingdom. It's kingdom ministry. You know, it would be what my heart's desire is that when we worship here in, on a Sunday morning and we celebrate and, you know, we're in the presence of God, if, 
you know, like this morning, if we just have a moment of just aligning our faith with God's faith, that whatever it is that is out of whack, we can receive it instantly. The manifestation of the kingdom of God instantly. Instant healing. Instant freedom. Instant provision. Instant hearts being healed. Instant hope coming to people's lives. That is the manifestation of the kingdom. And that's what I believe God wants us to to experience and to encounter. Is the manifestation, first and foremost, of him being king. And we, when we have aligned ourselves to his kingship, and we, we're there worshipping the king, then just like Esther, we can, he, he will say, what do you want? What do you want? You have favor with me. We have favor with God all the time. So we can lay hold of what God has for us. And when we have received, when we have received it, and we have the manifestation of the kingdom inside of us, then we can go out and minister to others. We can minister to others in a powerful way, the kingdom and the rule of God, because that's what God wants. Wherever we go, we represent Jesus, the king and his kingdom. Wherever we are, we want to see the kingdom of God manifested. There's no sickness. There's no poverty. There's no hopelessness. There's no fear. There's no pain. None of that is in the kingdom of God. None of that, because that's not what Jesus, that's not, Jesus the healer. Jesus the deliverer. Jesus is the friend. Jesus is the king. He is the savior. He's the Messiah. He's all of these things. So that, that is the manifestation of the kingdom of God. And that's what I believe God wants us to lay hold of and experience. Individually, corporately, and way beyond. Wherever we go. You know, whether it's the team going to Birarana, or whether the team is going to Sri Lanka or India, wherever we go, we take the kingdom of God. To your workplace, you take the kingdom of God. To your school, you take the kingdom of God. To the grocery store, you take the kingdom of God. Wherever you are, you take the kingdom of God. When you meet with other people, you are a representation. You are the ambassador of Christ. And you are to bring the rule and reign of Jesus. Sherry, can I share your testimony? Sherry is a wonderful girl, young woman. She has four children. And this year God had opened up an opportunity for her to get some part-time work at the school where the children are. And um, she's a teacher's aide, and she works with special needs children. And at the beginning, Sherry came to me, and she wasn't sure whether she should take the work or not because of her commitment to her family and to her husband and her home and everything else. And, um, and we just chatted and prayed, and I had a real impression that this was her ministry. That was her mission field. This is where God has placed her to make an impact. And I want to say to you, this lady makes a difference in these three boys' life. She connected with the mother who needs all the help that she can get. How Can, can you imagine three special needs boys in your family? Um, autistic, HDHD, you know, it's wild, it's chaotic. But Sherry, Sherry took that and it's her mission field. So she, when she goes to school Monday to Thursday for three hours, she brings the kingdom rule and reign of God into that situation to this to this family to these children to this and and even has favor extended favor with the principal and vice principal of that school it is amazing 
But see, it takes us laying hold of that the kingdom of God is within us. And then we can bring it where whatever assignment God gives you, whatever assignment it is that God gives you, it's all different for everybody. I mean, I couldn't do what Sherry's doing. I have no patience. And you couldn't either, Malcolm John. <clears throat> but, <clears throat> you know, it doesn't have to be quite as, as, as cut and dry like, like Sherry's testimony and, and her position. But, you know what? All we have to do is just be open. In the morning, when you get up, when you leave the house, just make yourself aware that when you leave your house, you're actually entering the world. And you can ask, Lord, how can I bring, how can I establish where the, your kingdom today? How can I be the representative of Jesus to, to the students that I'm teaching, to the um, people I'm looking after, to the people I'm counseling, to the people that I'm working with? Um, it's it's easy. All we've got to do is just be aware of Holy Spirit wanting to do that. And then obey. And then obey. Wherever we are, we are to extend the rule and reign. I said that. Okay. We have been given the keys to the kingdom. We have been given authority and dominion. You know what that means? Binding and loosing. In the newer versions of the Bible, it actually talks about um, for, forbidding and releasing. So you can forbid anything that doesn't line up to God, anything that doesn't line up to the truth, anything that doesn't line up to the, to the ways of God, you can forbid to manifest. It works, believe me, it works. And then on the opposite, you can release. You can release the kingdom. You can release healing. You can release joy. You can release peace. Whatever is part of the kingdom, you can release into every situation of your life into every situation of your life. You release the manifest kingdom of God because you have been given the keys to the kingdom with authority, having authority and dominion. We want the kingdom realm of God to manifest in and through the church. We want to see it. We want to see God come and just create havoc. Bring whatever he wants to bring so that we can then take it out. It's, I'm passionate about that. I'm passionate to see the manifestation of the kingdom of God. Because Jesus is king. Jesus is king and he rules and reigns with his kingdom over every other kingdom. It's got to start in us first though. We've got to let him be king. We've got to let him be king. We are subjects. We are servants. Well, we're also sons and daughters of the king. And we've got to behave like that, act like that, speak like that. Because, you know, as Mike said two weeks ago, we are image bearers of Christ. We bear the image of Christ in us. And this is what the world has to see because that is what the, what the world is attracted to. The authenticity and the reality of King Jesus inside of us. And that's what the world wants. They don't know it yet, but that's what they want. It's what they need. 
So I want us to just stand for a moment. And just have a think, just have a think about are you living in the kingdom of God with Jesus King of your life? If you're not, there's no condemnation. It's just a minor adjustment that you need to make and just consciously just say, Jesus, I'm sorry. I lived in my own kingdom or I've been too much part of the kingdom of the world and just get back into the kingdom of God and allow him to be king and to be Lord. If you've never done that, it's just as easy. You just say, Jesus, I want to live for you, being Lord and King of my life. And if you feel weak in your authority, in your dominion, let Jesus just minister, just a fresh, just that revelation of, yes, I have authority because I am seated with Christ in heavenly places. And everything is under under my feet. Everything that doesn't line up with the truth and the ways of God is under my feet. Just see God just giving keys to those who feel that they are just a little bit Wait under or locked up. Yeah. I see God giving keys, the keys to the kingdom to forbid whatever is not of God in your life, in your family, wherever you are. And He's giving you keys to release whatever it is that He wants to establish by His word. I see revelation, I, I see God giving revelation into situations that seem impossible. God's giving you keys. He's giving you wisdom. He's giving you revelation of exactly how to pray, how to act, what to do. Sometimes it's contrary how we feel because sometimes we are reactionary. I am a very reactionary person. And that is not a good thing. God wants us to respond, not to react to situations. God wants us to respond with the revelation and with the wisdom that he wants to give us. So get hold of those keys. Get hold of those keys, forbidding and releasing, binding, loosing, keys of the kingdom where you rule and reign over circumstances, where you rule and reign over issues where you rule and reign even over your own soul, where you rule and reign over your own thoughts, your emotions, where God wants to be king and he wants to be Lord and he wants us to be subject to that. He wants us to be subject to his lordship and his kingship. So that we can represent him right. Father, I just thank you Father, I just want to release, Lord God, your, a, a fresh, Lord God, 
the authority and the dominion of your kingdom, Lord God. Lord, to every person here, Lord. Father, to every person, Lord God, in our own lives first and foremost. Lord, in our own soul, Lord God, may you be king, may you be Lord. In our minds, Lord, may you be king and you be Lord. Father, I pray, Lord God, that, Lord, the revelation of the kingdom within us, Lord God, would lay hold so that we can go out and represent you well. That we can that we can represent Jesus as the King of kings and the Lord of lords, wherever we are. Individually, Lord God, even, Lord, even for our church here, Lord God, may this be a community where we will, where we will be committed to extend and establish the kingdom of God even in our city. Lord, where we are a community, Lord God, knowing our authority and our dominion, Lord, and take territory, take ground, Lord God. Lord, over establishments, Lord God, over businesses, Lord God. Lord, over schools, Lord God. Lord, over, over areas, Lord God, over governments even, Lord God. Lord, that we can rule and reign with you, Lord God, in this city as our community and beyond, Lord God. City and beyond, into our nation, Lord, into the nations, Lord God. Lord, that when, even when we travel, even when we go on holidays overseas, Oh, Lord, may we be aware that we are carrying the kingdom of God to that nation. Lord God, that you will cause us, Lord God, to know you, know you, and make you known. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, I want to extend to anyone who wants um, any prayer at all.